DiscerningHearts.com presents Communion with Christ, Practical Prayer with Deacon James Keating. Deacon Keating is a professor of spiritual theology at Kenrick Lennon Seminary in St. Louis, Missouri. He has formerly served as the Director of Theological Formation at the Institute for Priestly Formation. He's the author of numerous books, including Heart of the Diaconate, Remain in Me, Spousal Prayer, and Listening for Truth. He has given more than 400 workshops on moral theology and spirituality and regularly conducts retreats. Communion with Christ, Practical Prayer with Deacon James Keating. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We are talking about prayer, especially the teaching of the Church found in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Welcome, Deacon Keating. Thank you. The great teacher of prayer, of course, is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the Church helps us to break open the depths of his teaching in the Catechism. He really gave us the model through his actions and his words. Jesus is prayer. Come among us, really. When he took on flesh, when the second person of the Blessed Trinity took on flesh and Jesus of Nazareth was born of Mary, prayer itself came among us. And that's why there's such beautiful scriptural teachings about the disciples beholding Jesus and recognizing him as the source of prayer, as the teacher of prayer, because he is prayer in the flesh. And so Jesus becomes the model for all of our going to God, obviously because of the truth of who Jesus is, both God and man. And so we recognize ourselves in Jesus because of his humanity, but we recognize that his humanity also takes us into divinity. And so when we behold Jesus, we ask him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he he responds. He's very generous in giving us insight into his way of staying in communion with the Father all the time. And that is the great that is probably the greatest insight that Jesus gave to us is that when he was among us he was with the Father all the time. And this reminds us again of this spirit-led insight that Paul had that we are to pray always that we are to pray constantly. And the only way we can pray always is if we have this Spirit of Jesus in us, the Spirit of Jesus that always turns us to the Father. And uh, there are a lot of people who uh, look at Paul's statement that we should pray always and say, well, that's an impossible ideal. And how can somebody pray always? I have such a busy day and I have a lot of work to do and I'm always distracted. But we have hope that when we set time aside, intentional time aside to listen to Christ within us, that uh, over the years, that listening will come to define us and we will then become a person who always listens to Jesus. It's not a, um, a magic trick. It's not something that... Uh, is a sleight of hand at all. It's just who we are becoming. From the inside out, we are becoming people 
who always listen to Jesus. We are becoming what Jesus was. We are becoming prayer. And so Jesus is the model of prayer because he is prayer, and he generously shares with us his own turning toward the Father, his own nature to love God. He places that in us by way of the Holy Spirit. And if we're vulnerable to it, we too can become people who are always in communion with God and not always chasing after the, the distractions of this passing age. Jesus in his prayer, especially in the beginning of his encounter with the Father in prayer, always confesses the Father, always acknowledges the Father and the blessings that the Father bestows upon him and ultimately to all of us. Prayer really does flow from the Eucharist, which is the fountain of all thanksgiving. And so, once again, we look to Jesus because he was so conscious of the source of life, the Father. He was always conscious that all life was gift from the Father. And so, uh, he displayed this gratitude to the Father as a model for us and as a, a genuine disposition of his own nature that he knew the source of everything. And so all of his prayer began with this gratitude, with this thanksgiving, with this sense of sonship. And uh, the Holy Spirit wants to give us that relationship with Christ too, relationship with the Father, I mean, through Christ, that we're children of God, and that everything that we receive comes from the Father, our life, our breath, the world, nature, all that we need to consume in nature, our food, the goods that we need for shelter, for clothing, everything, our fellow human being that we need for fellowship, friendship, everything flows from the Father. So in raising our consciousness to this truth, Jesus stirs within us by way of his Spirit a rising gratitude for, toward the source, toward the origin which in uh, the Catechism itself uh, is displayed by using the scriptural terms, Our Father. And, uh, and the Catechism uh, interprets the Our Father for us. But it begins to alight upon those first two words when the disciples ask Jesus, Teach us how to pray. This is how you pray. Acknowledge the Father, Our Father. Acknowledge the Father gratefully for all that he has given us. Stay close to the source. Keep your consciousness close to the source. And uh, this gratitude, by way of contemplation, everything I just mentioned is actually the fruit of contemplation in Christianity. Where did we come from? What is provided for us by God? All of these, uh, these things give us a sense of the providence of God. We contemplate the providence of God. We're not alone. He is providing for us. Thank you, Father. Dear our Father, thank you. The source of everything. When we pray in that manner, we're praying in the very spirit of the Son, of Jesus himself, who knew that from the Father, everything flowed. In the Catechism, paragraph 2604, it talks about how Jesus implores us to understand that we will always be heard by the Father. That in his model, um, the raising of Lazarus, 
he immediately acknowledges that you heard my prayer. This flows from the faith of Jesus. The, the rock-solid belief that he was in absolute communion with the Father. I and the Father are one, he taught us. So in Jesus' prayer, he and the Father are always in communion. This is why we need to learn how to pray in the name of Jesus. St. Bernardine of Siena had a great devotion to the holy name of Jesus. The holy name of Jesus. Not just the, uh, the name of Jesus as, a, as, a, as an identifying term, but he prayed in the holy name of Jesus because he knew that Jesus was always one with the Father. And so praying in the name of Jesus led to great confidence that the Father always heard him. Now, St. Bernardine of Siena knew that the Father wasn't hearing Bernardine by the merits and the virtues of Bernardine, just a human being. But when he connected his prayer to Jesus and prayed in the holy name of Jesus, he could have confidence that the Father heard him because of what Jesus said, I and the Father are one. And no matter what we're praying for, uh, whether we just want to be with God in a contemplative moment of silence or we're petitioning God for something, in the end, the doctrine of our church is very clear that the end of prayer, the fruit of all prayer that should actually release great joy in us is that we are receiving God, not what God gives. In the end, all of what we are asking of God, all the gifts that we want, all the talents that we want, all the money that we need, all the health that we're imploring Him for, all of these things pale over simply receiving God Himself. Because when we come to that stance that what is crucial about prayer is that I just love being with God, we are already beginning to taste heaven. To taste heaven is the end of prayer. Because in God, in the relationship we have with God, in our communion with God, all these things will be given, which was Jesus' promise about the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be given you. And the kingdom of God, of course, is God himself. So in prayer, we are seeking God himself. And then, flowing from God, comes all that we need. And in the beginning stages of our prayer, a lot of times we, we have it backwards, where we go to God asking for all the things that we need. Over time, as our prayer matures, we begin to feel the shift that I'm not really coming to God anymore, asking for all that I need. I just want to be with God. And in being with God, I will receive all that I need. And so, I and the Father are one, meaning that everything is in the relationship. Everything is in the relationship. If we remember the scripture of the ten lepers, 
and how Jesus healed the ten lepers. But only one came back to him in gratitude, in thanksgiving. And Jesus says, we're not all healed. Is there only this one to come back and give thanksgiving? And of course there was. There was only the one who returned. And when Jesus says that, I sense that there's a sadness in his voice. Not because Jesus was mad or angry that people didn't thank him. He certainly wasn't that insecure. Wasn't neurotic in that way. His sadness was, what I gave them, their healing, was only an intimation, a hint, about what I wanted to give them, which was myself. The healing was only a, a hint as to what was truly being given. What was truly being given to the lepers was not just healing, somehow disassociated from Jesus. That would be a magic trick. Jesus didn't do a magic trick. Jesus, by way of healing, invited the lepers into the authentic source, which was, this is what I want to give you. Yes, I make you whole, but this is what I want to give you. I want to give you communion with myself. And as we mature in prayer, we begin to realize, yes, in the beginning we ask for things. But as we mature, we begin to realize there's so much more. The more is not the effects of knowing Jesus. The more is Jesus himself. We'll return in just a moment to Communion with Christ. Practical Prayer with Deacon James Keating. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. Litany of Humility O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten, deliver me, Jesus. 
from the fear of being ridiculed. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being wronged. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being suspected. Deliver me, Jesus. That others may be loved more than I. That others may be esteemed more than I. That in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease. That others may be chosen and I set aside. That others may be praised and I unnoticed. That others may be preferred to me in everything. That others may become holier than I, provided that I become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to Communion with Christ. Practical Prayer with Deacon James Keating. One of the strongest actions, or is it the strongest action, that self-giving that Jesus gave us when he took on his cross and allowed himself to be offered as a sacrifice for all of us in that Paschal mystery. That action and those last words that he gave us on the cross and he cried out to the Father in so many ways. That is, at its heart, isn't it, the ultimate prayer? All, all prayer in our time, in our age, is contained in the Eucharistic prayer of the Mass. The Eucharistic prayer of the Mass is the Paschal mystery, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. All of our prayer will flow from the Mass, and all of our prayer will flow back to the Mass by way of this mystery of Jesus' self-offering on the cross, which is represented at each Eucharist. It's the source of everything, not just the source of prayer. It's the source of salvation. It's the source of our happiness. The Mass, the Paschal mystery, as represented in the, in the Eucharist at the hands of the priest, who is the altar Christus. He's the one who stands in the stead of Jesus, he brings us to the Father. This unending source of contemplation, the Mass, everything flows. So the words of Jesus, the last words of Jesus upon the cross, are always implicitly embedded in the Mass. Because this is the mystery that's being given to us and unfolded before us. Come, come into the mystery of my own self-offering. Come into the mystery of my own self-giving. Be open 
to me living this mystery over again in you. Do not be afraid. I want to pray my prayer in you. When we receive Eucharist, I want to pray my prayer in you. What is Jesus' prayer? Jesus' prayer is ultimately the disposition and total surrender and trust to the Father. The deepest prayer of Jesus is faith. Faith itself is prayer for Jesus. To believe, to surrender, to entrust, which is what he did on the cross. And he will do that for us in us when we die too. He will be that sense of security for us in us when we die. That's what all those Eucharists are for. That's why we're going to the Mass, some of us daily, so that in the end, Jesus will be in us, offering this sacrifice again to the Father. He will take us into his own sacrifice, and we will be ushered into heaven. We will be ushered into the communion that he has with his Father, not obviously as part of the Trinity, but as participants in the love between the Father and the Son in the Holy Spirit. And all of this is beginning now. All of this is being shared with us through the prayer of Jesus, which is faith. God, I believe, help my unbelief. When we pray that scriptural prayer, we're asking the Lord to instill within us the confidence that he had in the Father, even in the midst of great suffering. So from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This petitionary prayer of thinking of others, even while he is in the midst of suffering. All of us know that when we suffer, we are usually at our most egotistical, because the pain blinds us to the needs of others, whether it's emotional pain, spiritual pain, physical pain. When I'm in pain, I'm only thinking of myself. Because of the pain, Jesus, dying, bleeding, hanging, he's thinking of us. Jesus, fill our prayer with that spirit of love. He wants that, that prayer in us, so that even in the midst of our suffering, we'll be thinking of others. We get the tradition of uh, what they used to call offering it up from this sense, that when you're in great pain or suffering, we would join our suffering to the suffering of Christ. And we did that as an intercessory prayer for other people. In other words, we joined our love. I could just be thinking of myself in my pain, but now I'm going to join my love for another. To the love of Jesus on the cross in his pain. And I'm going to petition that that other, whom I'm thinking about now in my own pain, will receive a blessing or a grace or a healing from Jesus himself. So Jesus is showing us the way. In the midst of his pain, he cries out thinking of others. He wants to share that type of prayer with us. He wants us to be able to pray that type of prayer. He wants us to let him pray that prayer in us. Deacon Keating, it seems to me 
when we reflect on the last words of Christ on the cross, that even in his pain where he asked the Father to forgive them for they know not what they do, he's also hearing the pleas of the thief that is next to him in pain. And he's giving him hope in his response to him. This is the great fruit of the prayer of Jesus. The, the fruit of the prayer of Jesus is that he is absolutely unselfconscious. And this is the great disposition and character that we need to pray for. He's absolutely unselfconscious. On the cross, he's begging forgiveness for the ones who are killing him and all of us who have killed him with our sins. And then he's even conscious of this halting conversation that's coming to him from a man hanging next to him. And that he, he cries out that, you know, you're the son of God and, and please remember me. And he's making an act of faith from the cross. You don't deserve this. Remember me. And then Jesus says to him, Truly I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Now, of course, when we are praying, the words of Jesus to the good thief bring us to ecstasy. Because every human being wants to hear those words from Jesus himself. When we pray, we are actually trying to dispose ourselves in such a way that we will hear the words of the good thief resound in our heart. That's what we're all looking for. That's what we're all hoping for. That's what we're trying to clear a space in our heart to receive. All of us are the good thief. We've sinned. We're finite. We're limited. We're pinned to our own crosses because of our own actions. We're held bound because of our stupidity, our selfishness. And from this position of being held bound, we cry out. We cry out in such a beautiful way. The Lord, I've reached the bottom of everything. Lord, I have no more resources from my own ego. I'm alone. I've done it. I've messed up my life. Lord, if there's any way, could you show me the kingdom? From that deep intercessory prayer of absolute poverty enters the promise of the Savior. Of course I can do something for you. I can do what I've been trying to do since you were born. I can give you myself. And I promise you that this day you will be with me in paradise. For that's why I created you. That's why I redeemed you. 
You will never be alone. You will never be without me. And as we progress in our prayer life, these confident words of Christ begin to replace all of our distractions, all of the superficialities of this passing age. And we go deeper and deeper. No, we're brought deeper and deeper. We're brought deeper by the Spirit. It's not our effort. We are brought deeper and deeper by the Spirit to this place of poverty where all of our prayers are authentic. Where all of our prayers are real where we no longer go through the, mo the, the motions of prayer, fumbling through books, haphazardly racing through them. The Spirit brings us to our poverty, and out of our poverty we cry with the good thief. And then Jesus hears the prayer. He hears it because it's really coming from us maybe for the first time in our life. It's coming from our heart. Truly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. This promise begins when we take our prayer life seriously and we let the Holy Spirit bring us to our own neediness. And out of that neediness, we find God. Thank you, Deacon James Keating, Director of Theological Formation at the Institute of Priestly Formation, located at Creighton University. I'm Chris McGregor. You've been listening to Communion with Christ, Practical Prayer, with Deacon James Keating. To hear and or to download this episode, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation which is fully tax deductible to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for Communion with Christ, Practical Prayer, with Deacon James Keating.